0: Another Day, Another Public Act of strangeness by Francis the Great and Merciful. I suppose we can know that things are back to some variation of how they once were before the Pacamama incident set off a chain of events that led to our masses being gone and the world gone topsy-turvy when Francis is giving airline interviews again and he is doing strange things at masses in far-flung places. And today I have an interesting story for you here on that note. Francis said that procuring of the Moloch services is evil. Yay. Many people who are easily pleased rejoiced. But then he said that we should not bar from Holy Communion any public Catholic who promotes or defends the practice. And then many just shrugged. I'm serious. Check this out. Saying of the act that the bullock service that so many super devout and totally more Catholic than you or I public servants seem to want to defend with their last breath, saying that that act is evil and a violation of the fifth commandment. That's fine, and if pack papa Francis had left it there, then I guess that'd be okay. Not great, but it'd be okay. But there was, of course, a but, which negated the whole sentiment. Quote, Please let us not place any more excommunications. Poor people, they are children of God. They are outside temporarily, but they are children of God, and they want and need our pastoral closeness. End quote. Yes, he said that. So while many people cheered for Francis taking part in a Byzantine divine liturgy, that was not the first time he's done that, nor is it surprising. His antipathy is towards the traditional Latin Mass, but he'll tolerate to some degree, when needed, the liturgical rites of the East that are just as devout and reverent and appropriate to the worship of God than the traditional liturgy of the Western Church. So here he said the right thing on one thing and then participated in a a traditional liturgy. Great. Don't be surprised by that. Instead, at his own personal Masses, There were tons of ridiculous things that happened, mostly things he himself said to the faithful about rejecting religiosity and our traditions. But all of that has been overshadowed by at least one thing, and that's this odd piece of wall art that was at the Mass. It gives off very, shall we say, James Martin vibes. For those unable to see, it's a top-down shot of what looks like a shirtless Mr. Clean. Bald-headed man who looks like he definitely spends a lot of time in the weight room and looks like he's made of solid gold. His arms are in front of him, raised and bent slightly, with what looks like an olive branch in one hand. Very strange. And again, it has a certain James Martin vibe to it. From Nova Sordo Watch, we get the story. Headline, odd painting at Papal Mass. What is this? Great headline, by the way, right to the point. Quote, Today, Pope Francis offered the Novus Ordo worship service in Sosteen, Slovakia, before returning to the Vatican. Gracing the liturgical backdrop was a big artistic rendition of, well, we're not exactly sure of what, but here's what it looks like. Surely one will be allowed to ask, just what in the world is that supposed to be? Is he perhaps the poor beggar of the Vatican's 2017 harrowing nativity scene, a.k.a. Frankie's horror picture show? Or is he perhaps an artistic rendition of the newly appointed Swiss quote-unquote bishop, Joseph Marie Bonnemain, who himself bears an uncanny resemblance to Mr. Clean? End quote. And for context, there's the image that appears at Mass in the place... Where in most parishes, you'd have holy art of some kind, be it a statue of St. Joseph, or a painting of Our Lady, or something Catholic. Instead, we get something just bizarre. And Nova Sorta Watch on Twitter actually hypothesized that it was a picture of the bishop, given that he bears an uncanny resemblance to the image in question. And in fact, I maintain that it is a picture of the bishop, which makes it all the more creepy, because it's actually supposed to be a picture of St. Joseph. You know, I've never seen a depiction of St. Joseph as a buff, shirtless, golden idol version of Mr. Clean, but then again, I lack the artistic sensibilities of the modernists, so what do I know? That bishop, by the way, is an interesting character. It's Bishop Bonimane from Scher, Switzerland, a diocese known where, by sacred tradition, the lay faithful get to choose their own bishop in a process not unlike how we choose a mare or a dog catcher. Yet they actually get to choose their own bishop. But it gets even better because they have to choose from a list of names selected by the Pope. So there's your sort of safety mechanism to make sure that you don't just get someone who can whip up the masses. When that Bishop see became vacant due to retirement, the previous bishop chose to retire with the SSPX. To give you an idea of his disposition. And then the funny thing happened. The laity rejected all of the names of the bishops that Francis offered to replace him with so he chose another person instead, a hyper-modernist. And we get this from his installation mass, again from Novus Ordo Watch, which explains a lot. Quote During his ordination mass, Bonamain wasted no time in knowingly giving the Novus Ordo version of Holy Communion to three well-known Protestants, as reported by Gloria TV and more extensively by John Henry Weston's website. Novus Ordo Church law actually permits the reception of Novus Ordo Eucharist by heretics under certain circumstances, even outside danger of death. Naturally, the stipulations are sufficiently vague so as to invite all kinds of misuses, which then can be decried as needed. So, desecrating the Eucharist is totally fine with this bishop, which again makes me ask the question I've asked several times in recent weeks Do they even believe in the real presence as the Catholic Church has defined it? One has to wonder. And if you think it's a stretch to say that the picture gives off very James Martin vibes, consider this. Bishop Bonamain is a big fan of the folks that James Martin is the champion of. From the same article about Bonamain's elevation to the episcopacy, Not surprisingly, Bonamain has no problem with blessing James Martin bindings, essentially, believes in situational ethics because he wants to decide them on a case-by-case basis involving sins that cry out to heaven, but okay, and thinks sacred theology has something to do with experience, just to give a little glimpse of what goes on behind the man's forehead. At the end of his fake ordination ceremony, the new Bishop of Chur knelt to receive a blessing from those in attendance. He requested that they bless him before he blesses them, because as he makes clear in the clip below, which I'm not including here, he believes he cannot bless them unless they bless him first, as if the power to bless came from the people and not from God. End quote. Now, if you're wondering about that reference to a fake ceremony, Novus Ordo Watch is a set-of-a-contest outlet, and while I do not share their set-of-a-contest perspective, I'm also not going to give them a bunch of grief for being set-of-a-contest either. But anyway, the point is that with the bishop at the mass with that very James Martin imagery of himself replaced a traditionally-minded bishop of the diocese, when the laity did not want it, and Francis has chosen to say his own masses there himself while on this trip. Weird stuff to be sure, but again, this is all part and parcel of the ape of the church. So who should really be surprised by all that? In celebrating his presumed papal mass with this bishop, Francis endorsed him and all his oddities and his breaks with the faith. That's not news at all, really, and over the past several days I brought you very strange statements made by the Pacapapa Papa himself that reinforces this notion. Francis clearly has traditional Catholics living rent-free in his head. During the trip to Slovakia, he spent a lot of time talking about us. It was really quite remarkable. Here's another example that I haven't seen anyone else bring up, at least as of the recording of this video. He said this at the Mass that he had said at a Marian shrine, so he invoked Our Lady to dunk on the trads. For the Slovak people, Mary is a model of faith, a constant pilgrimage to seek the Lord. In making this journey, you overcome the temptation of a passive faith, content with this or that ritual or ancient tradition. End quote. Okay, so by rigidly adhering to that which had been handed down to us by our forebears in the faith, we have a passive faith. Maybe someone should show him the relative levels of adhering to what the church teaches and professes to be true at the Latin Mass versus the Novus Ordo, since we have those statistics and they're frankly night and day numbers, though of course he'd either not care about that at all or he'd be happy with the defection from the faith we're seeing in such large numbers in our time. What Francis loves is the condemned idea of situational ethics. This was condemned numerous times, by the way, by Pius XII and reiterated later by John Paul II and Benedict XVI after it had become the de facto rule of faith, taught by the same men that John Paul II and Benedict elevated to the the Episcopacy. (laughs) Go figure. Recently, John Henry Weston's website interviewed a faithful priest from Africa who challenged the kind of situation ethics Francis and Bishop Bonamane are championed, because that situation ethics leads only to embracing the James Martin topic to the fullest extent possible. The priest had these words of wisdom for the faithful about this, and it applies to the Slovakian trip Francis has been taking. Quote, I see an apparent victory of situation ethics over transitional Catholic morality. Since 2016, when the publication of the apostolic exhortation Amoris Laetitia, several Catholic moral experts, notably the German philosopher Robert Spacemann and the English theologian Aidan Nichols, OP, have warned that the pontificate of Pope Francis seems to be opening the doors of traditional Catholic morality to a certain situational ethics. But the problem is that this situation ethics was expressly condemned by St. John Paul II in 1993. In the encyclical, Ferata to Splendor, in paragraphs 84 and 85, are these experts right or wrong? It is clear that it is not up to the faithful of the Church to judge this matter, but to the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. Let's hope that it will do so for the good of the Church and the Pope. Anyway, truth is a sun that no one can hide with his hand, no matter how big that hand is. End quote. The priest goes on to say that he sees in the acceptance of James Martin's platform a dark road for the church, with the further devaluing of the nuptial sacraments and the priesthood itself, which, combined with the withering we're seeing of the faith in practice at parishes around the world in this time, this isn't a really big surprise in the slightest. I'll give you a reflection here, though, that comes from a letter that a listener sent to me. I'll have the full text posted in my show notes at returntotradition.org, with the sources for all my stories here if you want to see it for yourself. In this letter, a typical Christ-seeking and Christ-loving Catholic layman goes over his journey towards traditional Catholicism, and he makes this observation, which I think is relevant to what we're talking about here, with this weird bishop and his practice of Eucharistic sacrilege, which Francis himself has admitted to doing, quoting the letter. From my experience, the analysis that the traditional Latin Mass fosters an ideology about Vatican II is the reverse of what actually happens. In reality, the TLM is very often the life raft for those who developed a questioning attitude about Vatican II after experiencing the banality, incredulity, ugliness, disorder, and chaos in many Novus Ordo parishes. Remember, many of us were told by the innovative priests that it was Vatican II that is at the heart of the changes that led to the ugliness and disorder. Oftentimes, it has been the innovative parishes and their priests that have planted the seeds of doubt about Vatican II. Banning or restricting Latin Masses will not stop questions about Vatican II. Any serious attempts to stop the questioning of Vatican II must begin by stopping the misuses done by the innovative priests. When the hierarchy starts cracking down on liturgical misuse, communion in the hand, irreverent Mass, and so forth, then I will know that they are serious. Again, that's a typical layman. Well, maybe not a typical layperson, since they seem to actually care about the eternal destiny of their children and the rest more than most seem to these days, but it isn't a letter written by Vigano or someone like that. What is the effect of all this liturgical chaos, all this banality, all this modern art in the parishes? Not to mention all the embracing of James Martin and his prancing bridge-building campaign. What effect does it have? Consider that for a while and let me know what you think in the comments, please. Again, if you want to read the letter for yourself, it's posted in the show notes at return to That's the name of this podcast channel with a .org at the end. Just look for the post with this episode name as the title, and it and the rest of the sources will be there. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.